So Mang, thank you so much for coming on to Startup Steroid today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because you're an entrepreneur as well as an investor. Um, so I, I really want to pick your brain from both perspectives and sort of learn uh, that journey. Uh, but before we get into the specifics, uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, I know you're highly educated, obviously, but uh, <laughs> uh, tell me uh, how you sort of started your entrepreneurial journey. Hey, thank you so much for you know having me here, and uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to to do this interview with you. I've been looking forward to it since since we talked about it a few days ago. So, yeah, I mean, um, highly educated, right? <laughs> That's uh, something that doesn't like really always go go down really well, but you know, there in circles like these, it's it's appreciated. So I'm I'm grateful for that. So yes, I am an attorney. Uh, I practice in the area of business law. Business law meaning corporate law corporate setups, uh, merger and acquisitions, taxation, those kind of things. And then uh, do contracts, a lot of contracts for, for businesses. So contract reviews, contract drafting, civil litigation in that area. And then uh, also do side of immigration uh, law because that comes with the cultural identity that I come here with mm -hmm. uh, to the US. So it, 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 it happens that, you know, a lot of my friends and uh, you know, colleagues, they need immigration support all the time. So that's that's one area that I do also. Uh, before I became an attorney in 2012, I uh, I completed my PhD in operations research uh, and within operations research, a specific area called decision and risk analysis uh, from USC, University of Southern California. And I was working on things like counterterrorism, social policy, environmental policy, uh, climate change, and all, all those things. And I was shared with an institute in, in Austria. Uh, it's called International Institute for Applied Systems Analysis. So I was working with them on, on these social problems. I was working with the United States Army Corps of Engineers, uh, Electric Power Research Institute. So a lot of, uh, you know, good innovative research in, in our application of uh, decision analysis models to, to social problems. So how do you like, you know, overcome these issues? Uh, where do you invest the money? What kind of steps you need to take to, you know, uh, overcome any uh, any risks that you foresee in the future? So th those kind of problems, basically. Right. Uh, and before before I did that, I was, uh, by, by background, I'm a chemical engineer. In 1999, I graduated from uh, the National Institute of Technology in Karnataka with a chemical engineering degree. Uh, I worked with uh, ITC Limited in their paper manufacturing division in Bhadrachalam in, in Andhra Pradesh for a few years, then went up to a management consulting firm in Singapore. And then from there, landed up here at, at USC to do that PhD. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the journey. So uh, yeah, I was saying that, you know, my entrepreneurial journey started in 2005 when I joined my PhD program and my professor, um, he's, he's pretty prominent in, in the decision and risk analysis field. So he had a lot of private contracts coming in from even governmental agencies and private companies. So we started working on, on those. So he gave a, a chunk of that, those, those projects to me to like, you know, be his research assistant or, or even like, you know, draft up responses, uh, you know, lead those, those projects or those assignments. So that's where it started. And then I got really involved in it and I started reaching out to other companies. I started reaching out to agencies, writing proposals and all of that. So it became like a huge business. And, uh, you know, while I was in school uh, to, to the extent that I could manage it, we, we started off, we, we did pretty well for, for six, seven years. And then, you know, once I entered law school, I was like, no, I have to now decide whether <laughs> I want to do this or, or which, which way do I want to go? So that's when I, I stopped doing that. But at the same time, it gave me a lot of, uh, you know, motivation and insights into how to run a business and, you know, what, 
benefits it it offers. Um, so I always had that at the back of my head when I was going to law school that at one point I want to have my own firm and do my own thing. So I made a conscious effort when I got out that you know I I trained with with somebody who was experienced and he could teach me how to how to run my own practice and things like that. So that's how the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and then uh, once I got out, I, I trained with him and then I went on, on my own. And then, um, you know, through and through, through that process, uh, working with him, uh, working with that attorney and, uh, you know, through my own experience and my own firm, I got to work with, with a lot of entrepreneurs, right? So I was helping them set up their organizations, uh, you know, helping them draft their patents, um, you know, understanding the IP issues, uh, you know, funding in investor relationships. So all of that, I was going through the whole life cycle or the whole journey of, of the entrepreneur, uh, you know, through, through proxy really. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then also got to learn a lot, lot about technology, what's happening, you know, so had that idea. So in last year in pandemic, when we had nothing better to do, uh, a couple of my old clients, uh, you know, we became friends, we became close. So we started talking about things that we could do. And we had a couple of ideas. So we uh, launched a company. Uh, so uh, that focuses on using technology to help people navigate through through transportation systems. That's that's one thing that we're working on. And the other one is optimizing food supply chains uh, in India. So those are two things that we're working on uh, right now. And then uh, as an investor, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting how, how that happened. Uh, you know, my wife is, 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 a, is a physician and uh, she didn't take the, the traditional path of a physician. So working in, in a clinic or something like that or in a hospital, but she decided to when, go on and work with organizations like GE and, and Roche. And there was a lot at that time in 2012, 2013, when she graduated as a molecular pathologist uh, in the area of, uh, you know, a lot of these companies were buying newer or, or newer technologies, newer companies. Um, there was a lot of uh, energy in that area. So she became involved in, in those technology evaluations, um, you know, due, the due diligence process, really, uh, in terms of evaluating, you know, whether those companies were good fit or those acquisition targets were, were good fits and, you know what can the company expect once once they once they acquire them, so things like that. So again, you know through through proxy, I got to <laughs> see that uh, due diligence process and uh, you know how that investment process works. So that gave us a lot of confidence in terms of going out on our own. And we had some friends in India who who were starting their entrepreneurial journey uh, round, right around that time. So the timing was perfect, I would say. You know that's when the things were starting to pick up in India and you know it meant that our money could could go a longer way of course right. because we were investing in India so uh, that's when we started investing uh, we invested in a couple of medtech companies uh, more that you know she had uh, understanding and, and knowledge about so we invested there and then I invested uh, in one educational technology company in India uh, in 2015-2016 time frame so that's how we started our uh, investor journey and uh, uh, you know, I'm looking to do more in, in that. Uh, I haven't been able to concentrate a lot in that since since then. But those three companies are doing fine. I mean, we haven't lost money there yet. <laughs> Maybe in a couple. <laughs> so, so that that has been motivating. So we are looking to do more in, in as as yeah yeah. Uh, investing at this level is generally you know a five, seven, ten year journey. Yes. So, uh, yeah. The fact that you're already three, four years into that is is fantastic for those early <laughs> investments. Hopefully, yep. you'll see some. Results soon. Yes. But when you did make those investments, let's talk about the process and how you actually made that decision. Sure. What 
uh, obviously your uh, wife being in the medical space, you, uh, you know, you looking at education, um, what were the initial things you were looking for in startups when you sort of were, you know, out there looking for targets to invest in? So, uh, these three opportunities that, that came our way, those are more through family friend kind of network. Okay. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I do understand what you're saying. So the, the question is, so when, when, uh, when we do look at, and we have been looking, we haven't invested actively, but we do continue to look for, for things like that. Right. So mm-hmm. opportunity to invest in things. So, uh, I think the most important thing for me is, uh, looking at the, this, the problem and the solution, right? What, what is the problem? that we are trying to solve and what is the scope of that problem and uh, you know how how is this uh, proposal that they're with the companies proposing how would that solve it so that's that's the key piece that, that I look for and then the other thing obviously is the is the founder or the other team itself so those are two primary things that that, that I personally look for uh, when I'm thinking about investing in a in a company and you know even if you look at going back to that uh, you know the three investments that we made mm-hmm. we we understood the problem. We understood the industry. We understood the solution that they were offering. And you know, when we're evaluating the the team, we having come through reference and we having known them over the years, you know, that was a big factor in us uh, making that that decision to invest. So again, those two factors, if you look at them, you know, uh, retrospectively, those were two two big factors there as well. So let, let's break them down a little bit further. As far as the industry and the type of company. Um, are you more focused on, you know, the size of the opportunity, meaning this can be a global solution, um, you know, going broad, or are you looking for a niche, but a deep niche that, you know, once you are in, you can dominate? Um, what, how do you think about those, those kinds of issues when you're looking at an industry that you like? So that, that's a good question, actually. Uh, usually, I mean, I would prefer to go and that, that's a personal choice. I think we are, we, I'm looking more for, for a global solution because in this day and age, uh, you know, going into a very niche area, I think it restricts uh, the, the market. So I think uh, for, for me personally, if there are more users, there, it's, uh, it can be used anywhere in the world. I think it has more, more opportunity to grow and earn more value for, for the money that we're spending. So that, that would be my personal take on that. Of course, I understand the niche part because I, I get a call for a, a lot of like, you know, lawyer solutions. They're doing this, mm. doing that. But I personally feel like, you know, they're already like that market is already being dominated by by a couple of players and uh, okay. you know the opportunity to do something it may be there i'm not saying that you know this, the solutions are not all good but the market is so small and mm. i just don't feel comfortable you know going in that direction right right yeah. now that's a great point especially when you're looking about looking at a mature space like uh, yeah. law um, you're absolutely right. In the medical space, I know that can be a little bit uh, different. Uh, different. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, if you go after a single disease or single sort of modality for cures and things like that, um, there can be a lot of opportunities there. Um, any thoughts on the medical side? I know uh, that's your wife's uh, side. Yeah. But, uh, so even, um, so I totally agree with that idea of, you know, in within the medical space, there are several niches, right, that you could, that one could uh, work on find find a solution and but again the whole uh, you know if you, if you look at the the whole medical industry or the pharma industry they they just bet on the idea that you know if once you have a solution it's it's easily transferable to the to the global market so yes you could have a you could have a niche and you could be working in a very small area 
but it's just the way the medical industry is and you know it's global applicability that once you have it you can just you know make make a billion dollars out of out of that small niche right. basically so that changes the the practice uh, in certain areas that's not possible you know you can have a niche which which works in a particular region but it may not be applicable to at, at the global scale so you know i'm i'm particularly principally personally going after you know the global opportunities because i think you know in in times to come the the local flavors and everything would change a little bit and uh, you know uh, of course now we are doing everything on zoom so right <laughs> <It> <laughs> no matter. absolutely absolutely so and and let's talk about the other side also when you're looking at you know either the founder or the founding team um what are the main things that you want to see uh in that team um as far as you know the individuals go characters backgrounds you know w- what sort of stands out to you so double uh, when, when i do that uh, i i talk to the i talk to the founder first and i ask a few questions and if if i get a sense that there is some that are trying to hide the ball or trying to play a, play a game that's when the story ends for me so first mm-hmm. thing that that's very important for me is is honesty and and being transparent about what they're trying to do you know if they're looking at me as an as, as an angel investor you know they have to respect me as an as an angel so don't try to like you know <laughs> don't don't give me all of that just give me be very transparent so that's that's the first thing for me uh second part is of course you know how much experience do they have in a particular area right and and that theory doesn't apply to me right because i'm an i'm an attorney i'm trying to do something in food supply chain so i i understand that that you know it may not always work out but as an investor you know i uh, and of course i would like to be treated the same way once you know somebody is evaluating me for investment but uh, that's that's other thing that i look for so because what i have felt and and seen is if you don't have an experience if somebody doesn't have an experience in a in a particular space the chances that you know they will be able to deliver a good solution is, are 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 really small they can i mean it's, you know it's nothing is impossible but it's the chances are small just statistically speaking so that's the other thing and then the other aspect is you know how what experience do they have in the as an entrepreneur is it their first uh, gig or you know have they done it in the past not necessarily that they have you know successfully done it if, even if they have gone through the the process they understand what it takes and you know they are motivated enough to do it again that gives me more confidence so those are the kind of things that i look for and of course there has to be a team it cannot be a two person show or you know three person show uh, as long as they have a team they have a good sort of backing from uh, some advisors and things like that i, I feel confident in, in moving forward and hearing more about what they're doing and what they're offering that's that's fantastic and i think we're going to have to get t-shirts made with the saying you know if you want me as an angel investor respect me as an angel <laughs> that's a fantastic saying uh, um let's uh, let's continue down the process you know with the uh, four companies that you have invested in um what are sort of the uh, key things that uh, you know you you've been sort of focused on since the investment you know when every time you talk to the ceos of those companies what are the things that you look for that you know is is the company on the right trajectory um are they hitting the right milestones yes so uh, i'll talk about the medtech one first uh, because those are the more more mature ones so there what what we have focused on is uh, you know having them helping them develop the right team because they were really like you know operating in a in a niche as as you as you mentioned right, right. so uh, 
really like focus on a new technology and how to uh, enable that technology to make it more clinically robust and things like that. So that's that's what they were working on. So we have helped them develop the right team, the right set of like people to to grow. And in in the med tech uh, space, especially, and that's that's my that has been my wife's experience through her you know career that not having the right experience team it's it's where it, it's it's like you know it, it's it's a killer basically it kills the whole thing so that's that's where we have focused our, our energy on the second thing we have done for them is helping them make the right connections um, you know how do they sell the product you know where where's the where's the market how do you reach out to the to the next set of like bigger and bigger customers and how you do how you grow your product basically and the product grows because of the employees i mean the the people who are working there so they are experienced and and so uh, but having made the those right connections with the right customers i think that's that's really critical in in their journey so those are the things that we have been helping them with over the last five years now and uh, we have also helped them get to the next level of, of uh, you know investments so we made those connections here and in india so we have helped them in their journey and in, in finding the right sort of like you know strategic investors if you will so that that's what we have done in those. fantastic yeah, yeah. And, and i think with your background as an attorney and connecting with a you know yeah. broad spectrum in the industry i think that's super helpful yeah um so going forward, um, you said you are looking to make more investments. You're looking for startups. Um, what kind of, we talked about the industries that you like and don't like, but uh, what, what are you looking for going forward? So do you mean in terms of industries or, you know, what? A yeah, in industries, size, uh, teams, you know, what, what are you looking to add to your portfolio? So, yeah, a couple of areas that, that are really, really close to my heart, Dhawal. And, you know, again, coming more from our own personal experiences, growing, you know, coming to the U.S. at, at a young age, uh, you know, missing our, our home food and things like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the stories from our grandmothers and, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, I, I, what, what I feel uh, very personally connected to is, is having some kind of uh, uh, a startup where we are able to, get the the home flavors like you know my my grandmother's home cooked meal uh, for me so so that's that's one thing that's, that's really close to my heart so you know i'm trying to find uh, some uh, some startups in in those areas you know so who are working on how do you get that uh, that flavor or that taste here or, or globally you know that uh, mm. how do you get your grandma's uh, you know halwa out of her kitchen <laughs> to to all over the globe you know so whether right. you're in sydney in london or or los angeles or you get that here so that's that's one thing uh, that's really close to my heart uh, the other one that i see a really big opportunity and again coming more from our experience uh, growing up uh, in india and uh, you know, my, my father used to work with the United Nations, so he was working with the development agency. So he did a lot of like impact work, you know, as, as we call it today, the impact work. Those time it was not called impact, but this is just <laughs> traditional work for him. So he helped uh, grow a lot of rural industries or smaller, small scale industries, cottage industries, as they are called in India. So I see a huge potential in, in doing something in the impact space, social impact space, uh, working with, uh, you know, smaller communities, looking at their uh, traditional products and services, what they can offer. And that, you know, I think there's, there's a market for that here and globally. And uh, there's a huge potential for them to, to grow as communities if, if we were to do something in, the, in that space. So those are two uh, areas that are really close to my heart. I'm looking to do something in, in those areas, really, in the near future. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, impact investing right now is, I mean, it's become a buzzword, but yeah. it's a huge, huge area where there's a lot of activity. So that's and, fantastic. And fortunately, I mean, by design or by destiny, you know, having, having come from India where, you know, we, we could have that potential. We, we can't do in social impact investing in, in the U S but we can certainly do that in, in India. Right. So, you know, we can leverage our cultural background and, you know, our identity to, to make that more meaningful in, in those regions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So Mike, I'm going to wrap this up with the last question that I always ask every investor that I come bring on. Sure. Um, and that is to give an action step to the founders that might be listening. So what is the one thing that they have to do before they you know, make that first call or may send you that first email? What is the one thing that you look for in a startup? So, uh, Dhawal, I'll, I'll tell you the, the story a little bit. It'll give me a couple of minutes. So yeah, absolutely. Over, the, over the last like, you know, year and a half, uh, especially since pandemic started, maybe it's, it's happening more. So I've been, uh, a lot of people have been contacting me over LinkedIn and things like that. You know, they're founders looking for investment. So I'm always happy to listen and, you know, talk to them. But what I have found, you know, and it, it really upsets me, not upset me to the point that I don't want to talk to them anymore, but it upsets me to the point where I feel, okay, you're not ready. Is that you, they don't seem to have a pitch you know, ready to go. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to have a deck that, that's ready to go in a, in, a, in, a, in a manner that's, you know, ready for an investor to read. They don't have those details out. So I start out, I talk to them, they tell me a little bit about what they're doing, but they don't have like a solid, you know, well-prepared uh, elevator pitch or, or a five-minute pitch that they could give me. And then when I ask them, where's your deck? They say, okay, give me a couple of days, I'll give it to you. And then I wait for two weeks. And, you know, it, it shows up, it's, it's not... It, it appears that it's not, you know, well done and a lot of missing pieces in there. So I have to go back again and ask them for those details. So my advice would be, you know, when you, even before you start reaching out, you know, practice your pitch, have a pitch, you know, have your deck. Uh, if it takes, you know, uh, talking to somebody who has done it before, talk to them, make sure that it's, you know, in a, in a very presentable manner so that it creates a very good, solid first impression. Otherwise, you know, you're losing out on those, on those points, basically. And you're also becoming part of the crowd, you know. So if you want to rise above that 100, you know, rise into the 2%, then be ready with that. So that would be my advice to them. Absolutely. That's such, such fantastic advice. Uh, be prepared. When you're approaching investors, be prepared to talk to an investor. <laughs> <laughs> great point. Great point. Uh, and I love your saying about the elevator pitch, right? That, that 30 to 60 second, you need to be able to communicate exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to tell me the whole story. Just hook me in. Yeah. Um, and if you can get you know, the, that 30 to 60 second story right, um, then we can have a half hour conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a step, right? It's a step-by-step -step process. So right. if you don't do the first step, right, you know, chances are you're not going to the second or third step. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mayank, for no, coming on. You. Fantastic advice for the founders. Loved uh, learning more about your story and your entrepreneurial journey. Um, and yeah, let's continue the conversation offline sure. and uh, hopefully we can do some investments together. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it.